Hi everyone, this is Benna. Today in our podcast we have a guest, we have Amelia, and we will be talking about many things starting from identity. Imagine if we like didn't press play for the whole thing. Like, oh my god, sometimes start. I do that. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> meant to be five podcasts and there's only two because you took like an hour and <laughs> uh, Alright. So today <laughs> we have Amelia, who's a bit nervous, including me, because I forget how to speak <laughs> during podcasts. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, what we do you want to introduce? What we want to speak about today? So, just you know, we're ready for like talking. I can delete this part. Um, we're gonna speak about identity. Yeah. Right. And mm. I think I'll start with like identifying identity a little bit. Um, so that we have like a base to discuss it on. Mm-hmm. That's fine. All right. So identity general knowledge takes it as a combination of qualities, beliefs, personality, looks and expression, and then a group collective identity, which is what gets influenced by our surrounding and environment. However, I like the approach of psychology a bit more on this. Shockingly, <laughs> um, psychology identifies identity as memories, experiences, our relationships, values, but how we look at it as a sense of self. So not how others know us from different experiences and memories, but how we see ourselves and that defines our identity. Do you want to just give like a general approach to what you think identity is? Like what makes you you as a person? Goodness. Definitely like all the events that lead up to where we are now, I think make us mm. who we are. So like the experiences and memories. Yeah, definitely. Definitely experiences definitely shape who we are. No, I definitely think identity is who we are as a person, what makes us individual from everyone else. And I think yeah. that comes from, yeah, all the events which have led us to today, to what make us who we are. Yeah. Like... In some cases, like, if you ask someone from, like, a Turkish background, stuff, like, who you are, most of the, like, I just noticed, at least in my mind, that, like, Turkish people identify as, I'm Turkish. Like, like they yeah. won't give you their job or, like, what they feel like, but they're like, yeah, I'm Turkish. Or, like, just the group identity thing. Yeah. So I think it comes also, like, very traditionally as well, who you identify as. Yeah, no. Yeah. A lot of countries do that. Like, New Zealanders around do that as well, a lot. On the subject of identity, like you just said, I was thinking about what someone would... What I would respond if someone asked me that. Yeah, who are And you? I think if... You know, when I was still working and, like, <laughs> had a full-time job and, like, had, like, my own routine back home before mm. I relocated, I would have said, you know, I work in property. Yeah. I love working out. I go to yoga. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. I would have had all these things which, like, make me who I am. And, yeah. like, as soon as you said that about the Turkish people, I was like, I literally don't know what I'd say. I'm a Londoner. <laughs> but, like, I don't... I'd say I'm a Londoner, but I'm living in Italy. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, it's just weird. It definitely, you can see how there's like a slight identity crisis. Mm. Like if someone was to ask me, who are you? Or like, you know, especially if you don't like, obviously I'm studying now and stuff, but there's no longer like a career. You're very much like yeah. of the wife of or the partner of 
Yeah. If that makes sense. No. Like, I almost, I think being out here, I've actually slightly forgotten, like, I wouldn't even say Londoner. I, when you said that, I genuinely was oh, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> pass. Oh, yeah, I used to, <laughs> yeah, I used to live in London, oh, or I used to do this, but. Yeah. Actually, like, about that, I'm this person partner, like, I was going to build, like, half of this podcast <laughs> on that, because, like, whenever I first, like, what started going to, like, the games and stuff. Yeah. And then you're like, not you. You're Tommy's partner. This you're is like my the girlfriend. Other. They were like, know my like name. The, you're <laughs> like the attachment. Yeah. Like you kind of like just come with like, like two dog. for the price of one. But I'm the free one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm the plus one. I'm the plus one. Like the buy one get one plus free. One, like I'm the free one. It's so true. <laughs> I was literally like, I was thinking, because sometimes the girls like, oh, do you know what this girl's that? Like this girl does. And, like, no idea. I just know their name and I yeah. know who their partners are. And we live in, like, the same city it used to be. Yeah. I noticed, like, I didn't I didn't know someone until you tell me what goes through your mind. Yeah. Because it doesn't define me if you're, like, Dean's girlfriend. I, I don't know who you are still if I don't know you personally. Yeah. But I even find myself, like, introducing myself as that. Like, I often, like, you get so into the rhythm of being an attachment of this person. Yeah. That, like, I'll often be like, oh, I'm Dean's girlfriend. Rather than being like, hey, I'm Amelia. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, sometimes like... they do, but but you get such in the habit of, of especially, you know, this isn't your space. You've relocated, yeah. you know, we're here for a couple years at a time. There's no, like, real... Yeah. ...base. It's not really yours. You don't feel... Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel like you're here to do much else than yeah so i guess them. it's also with the fact that we find like we have several identities not like a schizophrenia like but a more like personality <laughs> disorder like, i'm not even been on today <laughs> honestly when i'm hungry i'm not amelia that's my ha- hangry <laughs> um no i was actually just thinking like what you said in like psychology perspective that we find an identity that we have already, mm. but to feel a uh, part of a group. So, for example, if I go to like a Six Nations dinner, I'm Tommy's wife. If we go to Pilates together, then I'm like, oh yeah, I do even... yoga. Like, yeah, yeah. And the boys aren't even mentioned when we find yeah. our own thing. Yeah. Like, we go to Pilates class and we hang out and we do like out of home activities and podcasts <laughs> apparently now. Um, but you do step back into your own identity a lot yeah. more, like when you're separating, when it's just us, like we would never, yeah, like even if I was to introduce you, like I probably wouldn't say Tommy's wife, I'd say this is better. Yeah, like you introduce me to a group of your friends that yeah, don't know me in London. Like, it would be so awkward if you're like, this is Tommy's this is wife. wife. They'd be like, <laughs> great. And where is he? And his Tommy. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, a, but definitely, like, yeah. that's a good example, like, when we're at Pilates, just being us. Yeah. Like, Amelia and Benin. Yeah. Legends. <laughs> Great time. We are legends. Who are you? I'm a legend. legend. <laughs> no, so we try to, like, find the comfort, like, what puts, what makes me comfortable being here. So, in, like, a rugby environment, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone interested. You would think no one is interested. But then when you just get together with the girls... Then you start to get to know people like you never have. Definitely. Because even like if, as a group of girls, if there's someone that we're not that familiar with, we actually, I mean, it sounds awful, but you know, you only know them as being so-and-so's wife. Yeah. You never know them past being anything else. Yeah. Until you get to them, of course, and everyone's 
so wonderful once you do get to know them. But it, yeah. again, it just I'll goes say, back. Not <laughs> Like, sometimes you just don't like some people and you gotta just force it after. This is going on second personality. This um, is my bitchy personality. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah. definitely agree. Okay. There was, like, the, before the podcast, I mentioned to me, like, there's this crazy development, like, uh, theory that I'm so, like, I don't want to say I have you, a boner. You, you did get a massive heart on while you were discussing this with for me before the podcast. So... I'm just going to introduce that quickly. Yeah. Then we can then start I'm probably not a pro. I'll just take a step back. <laughs> Bye now. Bye now. That's me. Cut. <laughs> See you next podcast. See you next podcast for my great influential input. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so. Eric Erickson, in his like theory of development, actually divides life into eight stages. And in each stage, he believes these stages are built through different conflicts and a resolution and then each conflict that we think but this is our whole life so i wouldn't know what those eight conflicts are right now i think it's at just 20s of everyone, life, yeah. yeah like i don't know what life is going to throw me in the next 60 years if i don't say 80s and something so life has a funny way of just chucking a curveball right at your face yeah <laughs> knocking you over We'll get, to that. We'll, get to that. we'll get to that in a second. Sorry, I'm out. I'm not meant to be contributing to this. <laughs> so, there's eight stages, basically, the conflict and the resolution, which he believes that leads to the development of our personality. So, the conflicts that comes our way in life makes us who we are, in, like, general terms. And he specifically divides it to eight stages. Um, I wouldn't exactly know right now which are those i believe in my case it'd be like exp- i would like you like we talked about before it's a lot of memories that make definitely. me who i am and definitely where i've been and strangely like in a normal identity explanation there's looks but it never came to my mind and in psychology it wouldn't come to your mind of like who makes but i guess according to a person who you are first thing they think about is how you look yeah but i feel like yeah but it's different it's difficult with looks because looks change but like cer- yeah. certain like some of us have certain i parts of us which make us that certain identity like mm. i have like a freckle above my lip like mm. you have like gorgeous long dark hair oh, stop <laughs> <laughs> no but like that's so like those sort of bits of obviously little think things of you, that come I probably to mind. think of of that but i think in terms like i would I want to question the physical identity part, but then again, like I said, some of us do have quite physical traits which make us who we are, and they kind of stay with us. If you were right now to be able to sit down and write down conflicts of your life, would you be able... Cause... It's a long book. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's not a list, it's like a whole book it's of... It's like biblical, probably. <laughs> <laughs> <Peg> of 1A. <laughs> It's like a hundred abstract, like full 23 years worth of stuff. Um, no, but I think there are major life events that make us who we are. As in like each event that's happened in my life, whether it be a good one or a bad one. Yeah. It definitely makes us who we are and shapes us um, into the person that we are today. And would you think the conflicts, like all of them or some of them, do you believe you found a solution to all? Like, did you find a resolution to that conflict? Closed the book, left it behind. I think it's like, it's constant work. Hmm. Like, I think each time it, like, 
a, an issue arises, it definitely gets easier and better and um, sort of the way you can deal with it is a little bit clearer each time, but I think it definitely isn't a matter of like, cool, done that, sorted, close the book, move on. Yeah. Um, obviously with some things, yes, but I think anything to do with overcoming difficult circumstances and things is still a work in progress. But again, that's just me. That's different. That can be different for everyone. Everyone yeah. has a different way of coping with stuff. I think I, like, for me, it takes a little bit more work. And often I'll think I've closed that book and then, and I, like, it will come open. I'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it just opens. I like, thought I'd lost oh. you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like, to think about the conflicts that you can't close the book on, it's a lot of mental hard work. Because there's so many books like that. Mm. It's not just one that keeps opening. Because you live something. For example, I'm just thinking, like, um, losing family members for me. Mm. Like, my uncles at a very young age. Then my grandfather. Then my great-grandmother. Like, it was all, like, um, what was it? There's, like, a word for fall of le falling thieves? What is it? Like falling leaves sounds familiar. Maybe it's a movie title. <laughs> but anyway, like there's triggers. Mm. And we all have those triggers mm. in life. It could be music, Definitely. it could be food. But this is not just to like a lost conflict. It could be like a conflict of identity. So sometimes that when I find myself like, what am I doing with my yeah. life? I definitely, I, I, I definitely think since having left work, there are days where I wake up and I'm like, it's hard, right? What the fuck do I do today? <laughs> but then like, I also have to look at it from whenever I feel like that, whenever I kind of feel like, what am I doing? I also think how blessed we are to have this time where we actually can't do it. Like some of us can't, what well, literally can't yeah. work in this country. Like, 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 so to look at it as a as a chance of what can I do with all this free time rather than seeing it as daunting. Like when I definitely first moved here and I hadn't started my studies and I hadn't started like Pilates, going to the gym, training, like et cetera, et cetera. There were definitely days where I'd be like, what am I doing? Like you, you really lose your identity slightly when you can't feed it with anything. Like, mm. like, like it doesn't, the, it requires stimulation. Yeah, yeah. Like. Um, but then you have to really look at it saying, you know, these days definitely don't last forever and our partners soon move on and kind of the real world starts again. <laughs> um, Upcoming. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I know, that's soon to be the case for us, but um, but definitely just looking at this time as a great opportunity to do things where you wouldn't otherwise have the time to do. Like, I've literally read so much. I've gone back to school and studied. Mm. Like, I work out every day. I've got, like, attend classes that I would have never been able to with a full-time job. And actually, it's kind of shaped me into the person I am again, like, right yeah. now. Like, it's def I've definitely changed since leaving work and leaving London and coming here, but definitely for the, for the better. For example, what I go through sometimes is... That day, I don't know which identity weighs more in me. Like, mm. do I feel like I'm the sports self today? Or do I even want to do a podcast today? Yeah. Or do I want to read a book? I think that definitely comes with just our days aren't structured. So like yeah. some, like, you know, I'd wake up, go to work, and it would be like, it's a, it was a high intensity job, and it would be go, 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 and that's who I was. Because yeah. I didn't have another choice. Whereas now yeah. we wake up with a choice of what, we want to what are we be. gonna do? Are we gonna be our motivated, motivated self today, or are we gonna? And like, I think that's that can. It's just fine. That can right? 
Mm-hmm. Like it, it's fine to be like that. Yeah, Sometimes definitely. you just are not in the mood. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. I'm my depressing self today. <laughs> but definitely finding an identity when it's not sort of given to you on a plate can be quite tricky. Yeah. Actually, that combines it to the other point that I was going to make about our ego identity, which in like um, psychology is identified as like we have certain identities, like I'm. Uh, Luna's dogma. <laughs> I'm a neuroscientist. I do podcasts. I'm unemployed. Uh, I'm Tommy's wife. I'm the long distant uh, daughter of my parents. Like I have so many roles. And basically, what ego identity is one of when one of your identity struggles, your mental just pushes your ego identity forward, which is the collective of all the identities you have. So it's kind of a like fighting mechanism when you feel like you don't know who you are. So then you start, it kind of pushes them forward, like here it is, here is all your options for ego identity. But I think it's beautiful that we have a self-preserved mental health that our body is always trying to recollect. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I sometimes find myself like, I think the way that I want to push forward more is my job. Like, I don't, I want to be identified as my job. And I've been finding it hard because I have been working. I just stopped working for, like, two months. But it didn't give me the stimulation enough. Like, I just literally didn't feel like myself, which was an identity crisis at work. Yeah. And that I had to find a new me. I was just like, I don't know what I want to do at this point. But definitely, sometimes when you... Sometimes you do have to leave work in order to find that like obviously circumstances meant that I had to leave I left London and moved but it re- this time of n- this slight identity crisis if you if that's what we're calling it like it definitely has shaped me into like a, I have like a clearer vision of what I want to be and who I want to be and it's yeah. actually given me that time to sort it out like going back to saying like you know when I was working it was just sort of given my identity was just given to me and like now I've had months and months and months of being able to kind of find my own footing and find this is what I want to do and be and actually I will I know I will eventually be that and right now there's a time I'm working towards being that mm-hmm. so when we relocate and settle down I will go into that situation knowing exactly what I want who I want to be what I want to do and this time has really although it's like can be quite quiet at times it definitely like settles you and just gives you a much clearer vision one question yes Hard question. Oh, no. What role do you think a partner should play in finding our own identity? How they can support us. Exactly. Like, support us for just us. Mm-hmm. Like, us being, like, ourselves. Not with them. Mm-hmm. Not with not for them. But just Amelia being Amelia. Yeah. What role do you think the partner has in that? I think it's, I think it's a tricky one. I think we really do have to manage our expectations on what we can get from them I have a feeling that um obviously I'm not a bloke so it's difficult for me to say this as you know but this is I feel that often men don't actually know unless you tell them Mm. like there's been a couple times Dean's like I can't read your mind like and you kind of you a lot of the time we can sit in resentment and you're not helping me all I do is help and support you through everything like where's 
like I need help, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But actually they don't know until you tell them. And me and Dean have had some great conversations and he's been amazing in supporting me in my studies and he'll come home and he'll, you know, look at the work I've done. He'll proofread oh. blog posts. He'll do everything like that. But I, th- th- you know, that did come with a little bit of a, you know, I had to show him my work. Yeah. And I had to show him that I wanted interest and that I needed support. And I don't think after a long day, the first thing they're going to do is think about coming home and being like, how can I help you? Because their job is so demanding. It's yeah. not a lack of love for you by any means, but it can be very difficult for them to think about what we're going through. Because I think a lot of the time in their eyes, we're at home, we like live this like life of luxury. We don't do anything. And like, you know, there's been a couple of times Dean will be like, we'll joke and be like, oh, you've got it so hard. And like, I completely understand. I mean, I want to punch him in the face when he says that, but I can completely understand their view. Totally. <laughs> no, no, keep fine. that in. <laughs> um, but a lot of the times they won't understand that we have our own struggles unless and like struggles with finding our own self but unless we tell them and like I was saying Dean's come home and said you live you like basically what's the problem like you live such a great life and I do and I'm so so blessed Mm -hmm. to be not having to do anything right now for sure Um, but in their eyes I think they will see us as very very happy especially when we are best selves constantly and trying to support them and trying to like put on a brave face for them for what they're going through I think, again, I can't speak on behalf of them, but just from what I feel, they actually don't know. Like, if we're coming across happy and supportive and we're fine, don't worry about me, I'll be fine. In their heads, it's literally like, you're fine, you don't need my help. That's it, like simple. Um, Exactly. But the moment you speak to them, if they're a good man, they should um, sort of change their their ways slightly. Um, And I think you do just have to sometimes grin and bear it every now and again you know this job is really it's very intense yeah um and sometimes it's almost like you've got to just be the rock for them even if you're going through something crappy absolutely communicate it but also appreciate the fact that this is the height I mean for Dean it's the height of his career at the moment Mm. or it's nearly coming to an end and so there's a lot of pressure on him now and I have decided, although sometimes I need a little bit of help, I've actually, I'll go to you or I'll go to a girlfriend, another girlfriend or my mum or whatever it is and just take that pressure off him ever so slightly. So I think yeah. definitely just manage your expectations. Um, it's, it's like brutal as that sounds, but also don't expect anything if you haven't asked. Yeah. Communication is the key, I guess. Communication uh, At the key. every like end of a podcast, I come to the point where communication is key. Communicate. <laughs> no, but... Um, I fully agree, and when you were, like, talking, it came to my mind, um, like, identifying myself, how different a man would identify themselves to a woman. Like, if I was Tommy right now, I'm sure he wouldn't even think once, I'm a rugby player. Yeah. But if someone asked me, do you think even when I was working, though, it wouldn't be, like, just saying I'm a neuroscientist wouldn't really explain who I am. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't feel like that's enough. Like If I just said to you, like, hi, I'm a, I'm a neuroscientist, like, oh, okay. <laughs> that means, like, exactly like, yeah, nothing, nothing to me. So, yeah. But for men, that's good enough. So we have very yeah. different ways of communication. Totally. So it comes to the thing that you said, you just have to say as is. Like, like very black and white. And yeah. I think that I've always danced around it. Like, whenever I need help, I'll, like, dance around it until I, like, really, really need help. And then mm-hmm. I'm, like, at the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to help me 
when he could have, you know, if I had said something soon, he could have helped me and it would have been over in like a five minute conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think men certainly identify slightly differently than, than women. Yeah. But I think it is just, we're men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think in like in the supporting that argument is that men are driven by their motivations much higher due to and survival like instincts. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Like what they fight for is what identifies them. And I think like when they've been doing so especially with rugby, a lot of these guys start so young. Yeah. Like so young. I mean like yeah, like sixteen sometimes. Yeah, and when they before. actually start playing at like six years old, so that's all they know. And then their, their identity literally becomes that. Like their days are completely structured all day. Yeah. <laughs> like what they, where they train, what they eat, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like and that li- it's hard for that not to become a complete identity. Like yeah. And it's not like they don't have like hobbies on the side. Like yeah. Dean's been the making like the most incredible like kombucha and keeper yeah, and stuff. And like <laughs> and I can see him like light up that there is something else that becomes part of his identity. Definitely. You know. And uh, but I do think it's hard for them to try and find anything else because there's actually quite literally no time. Yeah. Like the boys are at yeah. camp at the moment, and all they do is play rugby. Like, yeah. quite literally, meetings about wake up, eat, meetings, rugby, meetings, yeah. eat. <laughs> Which is what they're best at, so it must, it is motivating for them, no matter yeah, what and, they enjoy. And, yeah. But I also do believe um, it is important. Like, there is a fact that the newer things you do, the more pathways that your neurons find, which makes you more intelligent, more focused, uh, more able to concentrate in the things you do. Like it literally improves your brain capacity mm. doing a new thing or trying to do a new thing. Yeah. So whenever we talk about like how we can improve your mental state right now, uh-huh. Tommy, I'm like, you have to do something new. Yeah, like a hobby. Yeah. Like definitely, like when I say... Like new, 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 just like adding new stuff yeah. to your life. Like, add like all the ribbons and bows and like and I, that more identity that you get totally totally <laughs> like and I, it's been amazing to see Dean get into like something else because he was injured and so a lot he had, mm. did have some time off and he was really able to just get into something else like other than rugby and it was just so like nice to see and like how happy he was doing something else yeah. and obviously he absolutely loves rugby and he's a fantastic player but it's I think like you said, it's hard for them to identify as anything else when yeah. they literally have no time to do anything else that would yeah. make them anything else than a rugby player. Yeah. So, talking about that, their identity being a rugby player, I'm going to touch to a crisis again, <laughs> like a ghoul. I keep going back to conflicts. But it is what makes us, so I have to. Um, when there comes a time when they can't play, whether it be a retirement mm-hmm. or, let's say, like retirement can be another topic, but let's say when they are injured and they can't play. So in their they can't feed their like identity of being a rugby player and we all know their mental health kind of goes a bit shaky. What who are they then? And how can we support them in finding something what during an injury to sustain their ego? Yeah. It's interesting that you bring this up because Dean just went through um, an injury and actually an operation which saw him out of rugby for quite a number of weeks. And there was definitely a couple times where I didn't know how to help. But I think it just goes back to that level of communication and 
for weeks I would be trying to get him to do things, trying to get him out of the house, trying to get him to do other things other than be uncomfortable and, you know, sitting on the sofa and stuff. And but actually when we sat down to talk about how I could help, he was like, I just don't want to do anything. Like mm -hmm. I want to be left alone. Yeah. And like, I think we have to really appreciate like almost like a love language. Like everyone has different love languages. Like what is your partner's like healing language? Because it mm. is so frustrating and hard on them to have an identity as a rugby player and just play rugby, 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 and then suddenly not be able to do something that they love and something that makes them who as such a huge part of who they yeah. are. Um, and I think definitely if we want to know how to support them or you want to know how to support your partner in that sense, is just talk to them. I really thought I knew what I was doing when Dean got injured and I just tried all these different things to try and help him without actually asking what he needed from me. Mm. And obviously everyone's, you know healing language is going to be different sometimes people want you to be there all the time they want you to help them out the house and they want you to do all this but sometimes we just have to be there and to help mm. them get it through like sometimes they don't want anything else but just us just to sit with them and like be their sort of safe place yeah um and i think that is yeah it's really really important to just communicate and ask yeah and it it is important to like an injury to Instead of facing a problem and not knowing what to do at that point, it is very important to prepare beforehand before something happens. Yeah. So with, instead of like having an injury and like, oh shit, what am now I going to do, do now? Do? Yeah. Going through happens, an injury. What am I yeah. going to do? Yeah. Instead, like just when that injury happens, then like, I know what to do. I think as partners and wives, we're constantly living in that state of <laughs> fear and preparation. If something happens, what are we going to do? Um, and just knowing that times can be really, really tough when there's an injury or when there's a retirement and, you know, they're trying to find their next steps or what they're going to do with these weeks and weeks off. Um, and just being at the rock and putting them first. So thinking about what they can do as preparation is what comes to why we do this podcast is self-improvement because right now there is not enough emphasis for in case of rugby players like how to prepare for a certain situation mental preparation I mean not physical because they know all types of recovery I feel like the physical recovery is covered a yeah, lot 100%. mental recovery but I think mental recovery is just as important if not more important yeah definitely because a lot of physical injuries can heal. A lot of mental trauma and stuff can't heal yeah. that quickly. And especially if you don't have the resources or know where to turn. Mm -hmm. And if it's it's still such a taboo, like as a, I mean, 2020 and 2019 has kind of opened it up slightly to talk for men to talk more about their feelings, but they still don't really talk about it. I think they've, a lot of these boys have grown up with a pull your socks on and get up with it and get mm -hmm. on with it. Um, it's what... Like mental thing, mental performance is literally what gets you up from the bed that morning to prepare for the rest of your day, rest of your life, rest of the Six Nations, rest of the World Cup. Yeah. Like you always have to be on point to perform mm -hmm. physically as well. So it is very important to be mentally prepared for situations by talking to someone and reading. And if not talking, if you're not even ready to talk to a per, um, professional, to talk to a friend about it. In fact, in one of the next podcasts, 
we will start having now rugby players who are willing to like talk about the mental things they've been through and they will go through and what can be done for preparation mm -hmm. which will be great that would be really interesting I'm sure we'll have much more of a media on different topics because we really enjoyed our conversation today <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to come back yeah no, I think we've covered a lot and I'll, we can probably close on these times yeah. if you have more to add. <laughs> Please leave a comment below. Yeah, <laughs> and if you have any questions, do post on Instagram under this photo either to Amelia at The Average Blonde or at RightMindSC. Well, so thanks for coming today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We've gone back to like professionality. <laughs> Thank you for joining Thank us for today. Me. At The Right Mind. <laughs> Oh, woke up the dog. Um, yeah, well, thank you for listening, guys. And see you on another podcast with or without Amelia. But hopefully <laughs> with Amelia. <laughs>